I have to agree that a lot of times as a new parent, you know, you're just trying to make sure that you're covering all your bases and, and checking things out. And it seems like you are made to feel like, oh, you're just being paranoid. Oh, you're just being, you know, overly thoughtful or protective about your child. But it, I mean, in my situation, it sounds like in your situation, I think in a lot of situations, it's valid. You just have this feeling that something is not right. Inform, educate, advocate. This is your source for all things early childhood. From nurturing healthy development to overcoming behavioral challenges and recognizing mental health needs. Welcome to Centering Kids, advice from the experts at the Florida Center for Early Childhood. Welcome to Centering Kids. I'm your host, Kristen Tyson. And I'm wondering, have you ever had a feeling about something, but you had no proof? Just a nagging suspicion or realization that something was off. Well, today we're going to speak with a mom who had a feeling that something was going on with her young son, and she was right. I'm happy to welcome Marib Favorite as our guest today. She's a busy professional, wife, and mom to two boys, a dog, and two cats. Thank you for being here, Marib. Thanks for having me on the show, Kristen. So how old are your children? So currently my children are six and four. Okay, so you are very busy, but you're you're past the, the toddler stage, which is always challenging. That's right. Yes. Thank goodness. They're out. Everybody's out of diapers and you know that. So that's over with. <laughs> yes. Not, not only the savings, but the whole diaper changing experience. You're done with that. <laughs> right. Yes. Thank goodness. So um, talking about diapers, tell us about your experience as a new mom, you know, when you had your, your first son. So when I had my first son, um, you know, I he was he was wonderful but we always used to say that he had like his own language and i don't know if you're familiar with star wars but he literally sounded like a little ewok and it was really cute you know like i remember this one time we were at the beach um and <laughs> this family was speaking german and he heard it and he thought that they like he would get so frustrated cuz we couldn't understand him so he heard this family speaking German, and he runs over to him and just starts jabbering on, like, because he thought that they were going to be able to understand him. And of course they didn't, because <laughs> it wasn't actual language. But um, it was kind of then when I was like, wow, he he's really struggling to get his point across. And I was really struggling, too, because I didn't know what he wanted. So um, at that point, I was kind of like, okay, I think there might be a problem here. Okay. Yeah. That, that sounds like it was frustrating for both of you. And so how did the first couple of years go? Did you have them in preschool? Did you you know talk to his pediatrician about maybe some of these suspicions you might've had? Yeah. So, um, I had him in home care because, um, you know, preschool, we live in, in Sarasota, Florida, and it's, just really expensive. And whenever they were really little, um, I just kind of wanted that home away from home environment. But when they get to be about two or three, I just really felt like he, my oldest specifically really yearned for 
uh, more structure and just, he was very social, but he, he just couldn't talk. <laughs> and um, it was so frustrating for him, I could tell. So that was kind of my where we were going next. I wanted to get him out of home care and into a preschool. Okay. And you were fortunate enough to find the Florida Center for Early Childhood, which, of course, um, is the sponsor of our podcast. But, um, you know, there they have a lot of different services in one spot. So it works out well for families with extra needs. Um, Did you speak with your pediatrician about anything you thought might be going on? Um, Yes, actually. But uh, my pediatrician, I had this amazing pediatrician. And the thing about my kids was they really didn't get sick very much. So, you know, it was just the annual visits. And my first pediatrician retired. So before we really, you know, could tell that something was developmentally wrong, she retired and then we went to a new pediatrician. We didn't like that person. So then we switched to another pediatrician. And so I think in the process... It wasn't something that was like super apparent to a pediatrician that you're only meeting with for about 15 minutes or 30 minutes. Right. Yeah. You kind of need to have a little bit more interaction. And it seems to me just from being in the early childhood atmosphere for a while or that field that, you know, pediatricians and medical professionals in general, they want to treat you when you're sick. They don't necessarily look at the broad picture and I've had experience with that myself with my older son who had some developmental challenges and when I would bring him up to the pediatrician he said oh well he's just too smart for you guys and you know kind of put it back on us like you know here's some parenting books you can read (laughs) Um, you know not really ever believing that there could be something else going on. Right. And, and two, you know, I was a first time mom, so I wasn't sure where he should be developmentally as it was. Like I just, I didn't know since it was my first child. And, um, the only comparison I really had was his, he had a a little cousin that was almost a, a month, a month difference in age. And like, she was three years old and having full on conversations with us, but he like really struggled to articulate what he wanted to say. So, I mean, it was a big difference. (laughs) Yeah, that would, that would definitely be cause for concern. I would think, although I heard a lot of times people say, Oh, you know, girls communicate differently than boys and they mature quicker and develop, you know, earlier. And so it is hard to, hard to know if your concerns are valid. Right. And that's exactly the reaction I had from, you know, a lot of our relatives and even the the woman that was, you know, that was home schooling, not homeschool, but home care. And um, they everyone kind of said the same thing. Well, boys develop more slowly. Every child is different, which I do believe that's true. Um, but so it was definitely like, am I being paranoid or is there something going on? Yeah, I have to agree that a lot of times as a new parent, you know, you're just trying to make sure that you're covering all your bases and and checking things out. And it seems like you are made to feel like, oh, you're just being paranoid. Oh, you're just being, you know, overly thoughtful or protective about your child. But I mean, 
in my situation, it sounds like in your situation, I think in a lot of situations, it's valid. You just have this feeling that something is not right. And maybe it's that parental bond. I don't know. Right. And I just really feel like you need to go with your gut. (laughs) So that's just one of the things that I, I really believe. But anyway, so when we got to Starfish, um, we put him in the classroom with the teachers and they have therapists on site and the teachers, um, you know, took me aside and said, you know, we really think he needs to have an evaluation for his speech, which I mean, I could have told you that was coming, uh, but it was really like it kind of drove it home when they were they told me, you know, he's the only child because at that point he was four years old. And he was the only child in the entire class that couldn't speak in um, complete sentences. And I was like blown away because it was an inclusion classroom at Starfish. They have inclusion classrooms where typically developing children are there with um, children with special needs. So there was all types of children in his classroom. You know, the kids on the autism spectrum, uh, trauma, children that had experienced trauma, you know, you name it, they're in the class. And so everybody there was more advanced than him when he got there. So it was kind of like a wake-up call for sure. Wow. Wow. So what was the process like then to be able to, you know, get him enrolled and have him evaluated? Well, they wanted to get him evaluated right away. So I was like, you know, go for it. And it didn't, I don't, it didn't seem like it took very long for him to get evaluated and start receiving services. And he started improving, you know, really, I I mean, I saw improvement right away, but I guess since we had waited so long, um, the teachers were like, well, he's going to be in VPK next year. So, you know, you've got to a lot more progress, basically. So they thought he might need OT therapy because he had trouble sequencing, um, which is like where, which was like, you know, if I told him, go to go into your bedroom, get a diaper, bring it back to me, he had he had a hard time understanding that. And so that is kind of like an OT thing. So we started OT therapy as well. Occupational therapy? Occupational therapy, yes. Yes. Okay, so from what I understand, that really helps to connect sort of the brain with the rest of the body and with those motor skills and um, physical development. And then you have the the speech language to maybe fine-tune the oral things right and they complement each other is what um is what i was told by the therapist and then the therapist worked with his teachers to kind of you know personalize his education plan um and he was diagnosed with um mixed receptive expressive language disorder which i've i never heard of before but um that was where we're at (laughs) Yeah, it's it's really amazing because, um, you know, I feel the same way as I mentioned, you know, I had issues with my son, too, and he had sensory integration issues. And I had no idea, you know, really that there was anything sensory, you know, you just kind of learn through your senses. And I didn't understand 
that there's really a whole lot more to it with with children and development. So it's like if you are not in that sphere and you don't have that background, how are you going to know unless, you know, you're reading all these books all the time? Exactly. And, you know, honestly, I was reading a lot of those books, but it's still, you know, when it's happening, it's still kind of like um, almost like uh, I still don't really know if I'm being paranoid or if if my gut is correct. Well, we did have recently on the show um, a speech language pathologist uh, who works at the Florida Center. And I remember her saying, you know, if you're a parent and you just have a feeling that something's not right, um, there's no harm in just calling and finding out, you know, talking with someone and, and seeing what a professional says. Yes. And I really wished I would have done that sooner because what happened was when he went to VPK, he was still kind of behind. And, you know, we had a, us, you know, I had a talk, my husband and I had a talk with the principal and they were, you know, thinking that he might have to go into ESC classes when he was in kindergarten. Exceptional student exceptional education. student education, yes. And that is for, um, you know, children with delays that can't um, function in a normal classroom. So that was another wake-up call for us because, again, we were thinking, oh, well, he's doing great, you know, but because I had waited, because we had waited so long to get him that extra help, um, he was still behind where he needed to be to enter kindergarten. So what did what were you guys able to do about that? Because he has just successfully completed kindergarten, correct? So, yes, so that was correct. So that was at the beginning of VPK. That was his very first, um, like, report card, or they, I don't know, they don't call it a report card, they call it um, like a parent conference. And by the second parent conference, um, he was doing so well in speech and OT that, um, the OT therapist right before he graduated, she said, you know, I don't really think he needs to come in anymore because he's mastered everything that we wanted to master with him. So, and he was, he's doing so well. And, um, so anyway, he graduated VPK went into kindergarten and I didn't know what to expect because um, it's been COVID and he was in a normal um, school environment, but you know that no, no parents were allowed on campus or anything. So I literally never saw his classroom, never saw the school. I've never set foot on school grounds, Um, but he graduated miraculously this year and he's on his way to er, um, first grade. That's awesome. That it's such a great story. And I think it's a testament to to the fact that, you know, you can make a lot of progress, you know, in, in any stage of early childhood development. And I just I'm sure you you and your husband had to work hard to help him progress, too. Yes. I mean, we the therapist would give us little activities to do with him. Um, games to play. We started asking him little questions like, um, you know, just simple things like, what did you do today? And the other thing, oh, this was really kind of fun, actually. One of the things that they said that we should do, his speech therapist, Dion, said was um, she wanted us to create like a journal so he could work on his sequencing, which sequencing is where you put things in order 
So like I was saying that he couldn't, when I told him to go into a room, pick up something and bring it back to me because it was like a three-part sequence, it was hard for him to understand. So he started keeping a journal where he would say, okay, this weekend we went to the beach, we saw a manatee, we, you know, barbecued and we came home. And he could draw pictures or use um, stickers or whatever he wanted. And he loved that. Oh, that's a great idea. And I'm sure it actually works on a lot of different skills while helping with the sequencing, too. Yeah, and just to repeat the story, like, okay, what did we do today? Oh, we went to the park. We walked around. We walked on the trails. And then we got in the car. We went to McDonald's and we came home, (laughs) like just, you know, putting it into these little sentences that they can kind of understand. It really helped. You know, I think that's what's so helpful, too, about having somebody in person, like a, a therapist that you're working with is you can find all these different resources online. But, you know, you need that personal interaction for someone really to tell you, hey, here's an activity that would be great for your child. Yeah, and personalized, too. Uh, The other thing that they thought that he might need or would benefit from would be, like, describing people. So I remembered from, like, when I was a kid, we had that, that game, Guess Who, where you had to, you had to, like, describe the person So I bought that and we would play that too, or else we would talk about somebody we saw on the street, you know, oh, do you remember that man he was, wasn't he, was he young or old? Was he, you know, wearing a a white shirt or a blue shirt and just kind of going through those descriptors. Ah, interesting. So, so many different tools and and fun activities that you can use that are actually helpful too. Mm Mm-hmm. It was great. I mean, I had such an amazing experience with the the Florida Center and just the Starfish Academy. Um, and it was so convenient, too, because uh, my husband and I do work full time. So having him be at the school, he receives the therapy there. The therapist talked to the teachers, the teachers, you know, implement strategies to help him to help him, you know, succeed. And, I mean, it really, really works. The whole model works. And I just can't be, like, happier with it, honestly. Oh, that's excellent. That is great. I'm so happy that it worked out well for your family and for your little guy. And we can't wait to uh, see what he does in the future. You'll have to make sure you keep us posted. Okay, well, he's um, he's doing great. So, and the other, you know, I, my other son goes to Starfish Academy as well, and he also loves it. He's a typically developing child, doesn't receive any additional services, but just really benefits from the the class. And you know, I'm really excited that he gets to uh, he gets the exposure to diversity that he does. And I think it's really helped him as well. That's probably nice, too, just knowing that that comfort level, that wraparound is there in case you should happen to need it and that the teachers are in tune with with the, you know something that may be going on that you might not see. Yes. And um, there's also a social emotional consultant there who, I mean, 
Um, with my typically developing son, he's, you know, like all kids, he's had, he had temper tantrums and he's gone through stages where he, you know, wants to be a baby all the time. And I have access to a mental health therapist there that I can just be like, oh, is this normal? I mean, am am I, um, is he, is there anything I can do about his temper tantrums when we get to school? And she's given me lots of little tips uh, that I've I've done just to get to help him too. I mean, uh, one of the ones that she said was he I had a hard time getting him picking him up. Like he would always run from me or have you know scream because he wanted to play. And she suggested um, bringing him like a little toy or giving him a five minute warning and then going and getting his stuff together. And just those little tiny things helped so much. It's been amazing. That is a great benefit because like you said, every child has their emotional meltdowns and they're still learning how to navigate their feelings. And so having someone like that that can give you those little extra tips is awesome. Well, I think we can safely say um, after this discussion that there is something to intuition not just women's intuition, but parents' intuition. And so if you feel like there might be something going on, you know, with our listeners, if they feel like something is, is going on with their child, they should definitely get it checked out. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Merib, for being with us today and sharing your story. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It was great to be here. So our listeners, if they want to learn more about early childhood development, there are a number of resources online like zero to three.org or the um, Harvard center on the developing child, or they can always check out the Florida center.org and we can see if we can help in any way there. So again, thank you all for listening to centering kids advice from the experts at the Florida center for early childhood. Thanks for listening to today's episode of centering kids. You can visit the Florida center for early childhood online at www.thefloridacenter.org to learn more and subscribe to this podcast. Have comments or suggestions for a show topic? Email us at podcast at Thanks again for joining us for Centering Kids, where early childhood experts give you tips and tools to help center children, foster their healthy development, and build stronger families.